0: It's the Sooner Catholic Podcast with your host, Alex Sanchez. And I'm Trevor.
1: And we're excited for another week on the podcast. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the episode.
0: See you on the other side, baby. Welcome to today's episode. We are are doing a two-week series here on on Advent. So last night we kicked it off with a little talk. Again, we won't name that speaker. Um, But we did talk about how to approach Advent. Particularly we had three lenses to which to look through the innkeeper and, and us being the innkeeper and making space for Jesus. Then then the magi who are faithfully following the star of Bethlehem to Jesus but they end up in the wrong place and yet they still uh, pers- persevere faithfully and they bring the gifts that, that they do have to the Lord. And the third lens being Saint Joseph <clears throat> just like this image of, of, of a man who's able to embrace the hardship of his life and and still live in in perfect virtue and perfect love with with uh, our mother mary and with jesus so uh three different lens to, to approach advent with and so with that trevor from from the talk or from those lens, what what stood out to you yesterday yeah
1: i think as i was uh listening to the your talk last night and i did just name the speaker it's you it's alex sanchez um as it was the last week and i believe it will be the next week um International, Uh, but um, no, yeah. As as I was listening, I think what really stood out to me is is what's so cool about the nativity, right? Is it's the convergence of like a lot of a lot of characters, um, right? So, like, I mean, you analyze this specifically, like the innkeeper and the magi, the magi, and and obviously Saint Joseph himself. But then you have like the shepherds, and you have, you know, um, like other people along the way that are that are part of the story even, like, preceding, like, kind of the big day. You know, you have the visitation with with Elizabeth and Zechariah and um, John the Baptist, obviously, in the womb of Elizabeth. And there's so many, like, characters that converge around it. And I think this is one of the beauties of Scripture. Whenever we learn to pray with it and, like, see ourselves in the characters of the story. So I really liked how you, like, did that in a way that made it approachable for everyone. Because I think that's, like, man learning to pray with the scriptures, that's like one of the most fundamental things is being able to see like, who am I in this story? Or like, where, where do I like relate to like some of the characters? And I think often we think like, oh, how am I like Jesus in this story? It's like, well, well, I'm not saying you won't feel that sometimes, but I feel like a lot of times for most of us, uh, we relate to the people that are messing up around Jesus more. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think even like last night when you were talking, being the Magi stuck out to me because I feel like there's this way into which we all um, often like want and we have like a good initiative to like do the right thing. And we even like pursue doing the right thing, but then we like lose sight of, you know, maybe where we were going along the way, right? So kind of the thing, like you're saying, like they wind up in the wrong place and eventually they persevere to the end to find the Lord. But um, yeah, I think from the talk and just from this reflection upon Advent, I think it calls us to, to look into our hearts and see like, are we, um, excited, like for the coming of Christ. Are we looking forward to the coming with Christ, like in a particular way? Like, obviously, it's not like Jesus is being physically born again, um, right? Well, maybe, maybe the second coming is happening, but <laughs> but we don't know that. Um, but if it's like you know, Christmas is like the last. There is a sense in which, like, I think there's a real grace that that God pours out like into our hearts whenever we prepare. It, it is a sense in which Jesus is being born more fully into our hearts. The Holy Spirit is given to us more fully. If we allow and prepare, like we allow this liturgical season to prepare us for that, yeah. So that was something
0: that I was pondering on as you were talking last night. Yeah, that's really good. There, there's something just in general, I think, about like when you when you look at when you look at Advent versus like Lent, for instance. Like everyone just enters into Lent. I mean, you could you could not be going to church all year, and you're like, I'm going to give up those um, those those brown m&ms you know and (laughs) and that's and that's and that's a that's a feat in and of itself but there's I think there's also like yeah when you look at the this the season of advent like for some reason I think it's like a it's a it's a kind of a quieter softer invitation like where where Lent is um yeah even the secular world picks up on it where you know where all these barbecue restaurants are offering fish now all of a sudden and 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 Long John Silver's gets gets the business it's been waiting for all year um, but there's something that like everyone is, is kind of attuned to like Ash Wednesday and Lent and giving up something and, and kind of exerting themselves and challenging themselves and growing and, and making commitments and resolutions. But Advent is like this kind of just quieter, softer, gentler time. And I think, mm. I think it's just, I think it's more difficult because, and you, you mentioned this before, but it's it's actually more countercultural. Like it, yeah. because it is quieter, because it is like more simple and more hidden and, and it has more to do with with like the 30 years of Jesus life than, than the three years of ministry that it's just, just it's more difficult. Especially as Americans, just to like, yeah, not not focus on productivity, but to, to focus on leisure and. Yeah, a spirit of, of being quiet. Um, yeah, it's just hard. It's yeah, it is hard. And I, And I think that, that like
1: I don't want to sound like I've always have some hot take about the culture but I think <laughs> I, I, I but I do most of the time uh but <laughs> I think that this is not by accident uh that we find ourselves in this place right like there there is a sense in which um the spirit of materialism and the spirit of like um yeah like 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 the spirit of the culture that engages in the accruing of goods and and, and things and and pleasures and all these things like above other things like it's become obviously uh, it's, it's assumed a sort of like godlike status in our in our society um obviously it's going to infiltrate its way into every holiday right um and i think like specifically obviously christmas with it being such an opportunity for like being reflecting upon our need for christ to be born again and like the need for hope um in our hearts it, it often is like a direct um attempt i think not by I'm not saying like some dude at the top of society, but like I think like Satan at yeah, work yeah. in the culture, like trying to dissuade us from from being like alerted to our need for like a deep hope. I mean, if and I think this year really, um, if if you're like me, um, this year is like maybe a year more than most that I feel the the acute need in my heart for hope. Yeah. Um, you know, with just everything going on in the world and all the craziness, and um, I think, yeah, it, it's like a, a reminder of like where our hope comes from and that we find it in the incarnation of Jesus. And I think this is kind of not to ramble on too much, but I think this is kind of at the heart of the Advent season is it's supposed to like remind us what it was like, like what life and anticipation of Christ was like, because if you read like through the old Testament and specifically, if you read the prophets, if you read like Isaiah, um, you read Ezekiel, you read a lot of the prophets um, during the time of captivity and during the time of exile, like after the Davidic kingdom, Like, there's this anticipation, which they know, like, there's something wrong with them that just, they're messing up, and again, it's, like, kind of like this consciousness wake up, where you see, like, an awareness, like, dang, like, we really had it all, and we lost it. Like, God delivered on so many of the promises to build a kingdom. We lost it in unfaithfulness, and you see this, like, awareness of, like, a need for hope, because otherwise there seems, like, this, like, hopelessness in the world, Um, and so the coming of Christ, like, was something that, you know, faithful Jews were, like, they were waiting and waiting with hope and like just like i need this and so i think like advent we take for granted you know oh jesus died for us and we see crucifixes and we we forget that like this really is the hope of all humanity from the beginning of time and i think advent's like a particular time set aside for us to think that god becoming man is like a profound mystery and profound like realization to all of our needs in a way that we like just normally assume like oh yeah he did it instead of thinking about dang this is so special that he did do that yeah
0: no, you you bring in a super super good point of it's not yeah, it's not just this this reminder that Jesus comes into our world or Jesus comes into specifically our personal world, um, through through our life and in and, and in prayer, but like this this massive historical context of the entire world and all of the hope and expectation that was around Jesus' coming. I remember learning in a class <clears throat> that uh that Jesus fulfilled every expectation, right? And so you had like the the Pharisees who, who talked about um, who it, it was their their main uh, like like for them, it was following the law. Like everything was about the law. Like they were driven by the law. They taught the law. They read the law. They, they abided completely by the law and not a letter outside of it. And then you had the Sadducees who were also in leadership, but they were through the bloodline. right That was that was how they were designated to their to their roles. Right. So you, you couldn't you couldn't, um, you know, like climb up the ladder up like you could as a pharisee by studying the law right you had it had to be based in bloodline and then you had uh, some jews called the essenes who were like the radicals that used to live out like in the desert and and those it's kind of like like the saint john the baptist so they thought holiness came not through the law not through bloodline but but through like radical purity and detachment and so everyone kind of had and then you have like the zealots right uh, the, the zealots jews who were like no the messiah is going to come and and overthrow like the, the government and the political system and the corruption and all this kind of stuff and, and, and free us from, from the Romans. And and all of those expectations are fulfilled in like the most radical ways where Jesus is like he does like overthrow Roman rule but in like the most like peaceful and loving way, right? And and he he not only just like abides by the law but fulfills it. He is like in, in the bloodline of David and he lives like this radical purity and, and detachment. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Jesus comes into the world in, in in like the most like profound way and yeah it's just it's just such a good reminder such a good reminder of of the context of jesus coming and there's one there's one last thing that i, I heard a, a homily once of, of a priest saying like why did jesus choose to be born at that time in that place like why why did he choose like why did god the father in his providence choose like that time in that place for, for the son of man to come and, and so he gave all the reasons that I just said of, of like the different expectations of like the way that the culture and society was forming and the way that like news traveled and just like ev- everything that had to do with like the time period. And he's like, do you think it's this and this and this and this? And then and then he just he does like that that thing that priests do um, in their homilies, where he just throws a curveball. And he's like, I want to fast forward to the good thief. And, and he grants the good thief. Salvation. And he's like, I believe that Jesus would would change the entire plan of salvation if it meant saving one person and so there's just something kind of like it's like this this both end of like with advent and with like the coming of christ and it's like this massive scale of it's every like it it matters in every single person's life because jesus changed everything like jesus does and did change everything like how to live how to love the truth of life like revelation and then there's also like this small scale of like he also changes my life you know
1: yeah yeah and i and i think like these these often we have uh, by nature i think sometimes like we see these as being different things we see this dichotomy between like yeah like either jesus died for me or he came for me or like he came for collectively it's like actually like because he is god and because his capacity to be present to like people as far uh, beyond like our understanding of like being present to people like right because when i think of me like being present to one person means being i'm excluding i could have been with other people and right so so i'm always like calculating i'm like if i'm with like if i give you time right now i'm not with this person or if i give Mackenzie time at some point like i'm not giving it to someone else but this is not like the way of god like god is is all present in all ways at all times to all people and so like there's there's no sense in which he's like yeah like calculated like well you know a certain person doesn't get my presence today because someone else does right and so i think this is what you're saying is like the coming of advent is this powerful time for us to reflect that not only does god become man so that he might save the many like that he might like redeem the lost children of israel bring back the lost tribes and like mm-hmm. you know gather all nations to himself but he also does like he comes into humanity to like to win me back yeah. like personally mm-hmm. um and i think this time of advent is such a powerful time to reflect on that because um yeah isn't it like i like i was saying earlier i think it's just true that we like we all we all need that hope yeah. that like in that belief that like, jesus actually like yeah. loves me and like wants to bring me
0: back even more fully you know so good. um yeah. yeah i got I have one, one one thought and then one question just off what you're saying which is so true of just like it's not like this like like, like the Lord is not like this cafeteria lady who like everyone gets one slop. Right. And it's just, <laughs> and it's just equal. And then you're like, wow, cool. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves everyone. Everyone gets one slop. Um, but there was, there was a saint that talked about like the, the beatific vision in heaven is like, if you imagine each of our souls being like a vessel, like a, a cup or a chalice or a bowl or whatever it is that like throughout this life, we have the opportunity to expand it. Right. So like, like the heaven is the promise that our cup will, will be, will be completely full, like lacking in, in, in no way whatsoever. But throughout this life, we have the opportunity to expand that vessel, right? To have like a kind of a, a new wineskin that can that can hold more. And so like you have people, like everyone in heaven has their cup completely filled, right? But you have like a Mother Teresa or John Paul II whose vessel was able to be expanded, right? So the, the, the experience even within heaven is is different. Like, I, I don't know if you heard that. There's, there's a revelation of the experience of heaven is like everyone is completely full, yet people's vessels are different depending on, on like how they expanded it to receive God in his fullness in, in that time. So I, I see like Advent, Lent as well, but, but Advent as like this, like, ah, uh, kind of like, like, like next, next level of, of spiritual growth of like, okay, this is a real time like that, like Christmas, there's just like, there's this guarantee, there's this promise because of, because of who, who God is that, that my cup will be full, um, if I so ask and, and desire that and to receive Jesus and, into my heart into my life on that day and i'm living for more than just the christmas lights and in and the, and the presents and i think there's a there's a time during advent to kind of expand that vessel to expand that cup so so that when it comes to christmas day it, it it is like that realization of like i've been preparing in a way that the lord will come to meet me um so what are ways that you that you think that might be good ways for whether it's for, for you personally or for for listeners or for whoever it might be to to begin to expand that vessel
1: the yeah the way that like it looks for me i think is just purposely like quiet like i think if you th- i'm i'm picturing like the magi like on this long journey right like they're on a long journey to find the christ or you know to find this this king that they're looking for and i i am picturing that you know they're not like cranking the ox with like all kinds of like meat like songs and things like that and um all the way but like I mean, if you've ever been on, like, a long, like, foot journey, like, traveling, I don't know if you've ever gone on a pilgrimage or or even, like, a long hike, right, like, there's something really beautiful about this journey when you're, like, you're working your way up the mountain, I'm thinking for me, like, hiking up a mountain, when you're working way up the mountain and you're, like, you're not preoccupied with all these different things, you don't have music, like, you're just kind of pondering, like, God himself and, like, your desires. Um, your, I mean, for, and when you're going up the mountain, like, you just keep thinking about the top of the mountain and, like, it, it puts you in this natural, collective state and so what i'm saying is like i think this this time of advent is almost a time of us like seeking right we can picture ourselves being the magi like coming and looking uh, for the coming of christ like on the horizon and i think it's a time for an intentional solitude of voices like intentionally seeking to like quiet ourselves Um, obviously the contemplative life is always calling but i think especially in this time like creating a quiet so one thing that like mckenzie and i have done is like yeah, gotten rid of, like, social media uh, yeah. for this time, just for the, these these next four weeks, as well as, like, um, for me, just, like, those little habits of things that I consume throughout the day that often, like, preoccupy my thoughts and desires, trying to sacrifice. So I've fasted from a few of those. Um, and then we've also, like, committed to starting and ending our days with uh, Liturgy of the Hours, so praying mm-hmm. the prayer of the church. Um, and I think, like, yeah, those are two little things I'm doing. There's a ton of ways you could mm-hmm. do that, but I think the goal to like allow that cup to be filled is like mm. to not be filling it with other things, you know, to yeah. allow it to yeah. be filled with the Lord.
0: Yeah. What so, do you think? So good. What are, what are y'all doing? Yeah. I th- so kind of like from like, a, of like the, the same thread uh, is, is uh, like for me, like the, the innkeeper really stood out. And so like the kind of like that background, if you weren't here um, last night, it was just like the, the innkeeper is not like a commercial innkeeper. It's not like a, like a, like a hotel business owner but likely was a, a family or a friend of, of Joseph, some kind of kin. And there was some kind of hope or even expectation that, that they would have a place to, to stay when, when they came to Bethlehem. And, and it turns out that there was no space in in the person's house for them. That's kind of what that means. And I th- so th- I think it just kind of takes on a different note of like, yeah, th- there's this hope that that being close to the Lord, like you would you would make that space, but you didn't. And, and I think, like, for me, that registers, and I don't know why this kind of visual is sticking out a little bit, but it's, like, it, it feels like Joseph and, and Mary and Jesus would have arrived, like, kind of, like, later in the, in the yeah. afternoon or evening. And it was, it was filled by then. Like, the, either they, like the, the friend, the family member, whoever the innkeeper, like, forgot or, yeah, was caught up doing something else. But, like, there was some kind of, like, failure to protect it early in the morning. And, and, and to hold fast to that into the evening and afternoon. But there's something just with, with me of just, like, I, I want to create that space for the Lord. And, per, and in particular, I really feel like I need to do it in the mornings. Like, my mornings are just so pivotal, having having three kids. And obviously, um, Hillary and I, like, collaborating to, to start, like, the day off strong, like, connected and, and intimate with each other and with our family and with the Lord. So... Yeah, really, re- reworking the mornings so that I can stay in a peaceful place, even when you know there's a lot of chaos that are, that's happening. So early morning prayer is a big one. Um, social media as well, which we will have to talk about this another time. But I watched Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's good. Um, but but man, I, which when you're talking about media use, like one one quote on that on that documentary, which I'm not saying get Netflix, but because it, it's not it's not awesome. But if you do have it, <laughs> if you do have, it, you might as well watch this this documentary. But it talks about how there's there's only two things that, that we talk about as um, as like users, right? Like that, that we use something. Um, and it's it's drugs and technology, right? And so and and usually use leads leads to addiction and, and dependence and that kind of thing. And so when you start looking at at like the way that we use technology, whether it is like Netflix or whether it is social media, or whether it is like yeah, news and Bing or whatever it is, just to fill that quiet. Yeah, we we begin to use those things as you know coping mechanisms or whatever just to fill that silence. So that's just a really good reminder for for me to like to not to not use those things during this time especially. So yeah, huge. All right, baby,
1: coming at you next week with Advent Part Two. Advent Part Two. So if you didn't, if today wasn't good, we we have at least give us fifty percent more to do. All
0: right, thanks everyone, and talk with you soon.